Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of FlyingFreeNow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Welcome to episode 19 of the Flying Free Podcast. Today, we have Sarah McDougall of sarahmcdougall.com, and she's going to be talking with us about self-care. Welcome, Sarah. I'm going to tell them a little bit about you, but first I want to say hello. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Sarah McDougall is an author, speaker, and abuse recovery coach who works exclusively with female survivors of abuse in the faith community. So she is talking right directly to us. She offers online coaching for both groups and individuals, available internationally for women recovering from abuse. McDougall also conducts training events for churches and organizations on how to recognize and respond to abuse, as well as inspirational events focused on God's love and healing for women and teen girls. I'm super excited about the topic today because self-care is something that typically we as women of faith think is off limits for us because it's not, um, it's not, it's selfish, self-care, it's got the word self in it. And so it's selfish. And if we are taking care of ourselves, then we're not taking care of other, you know, we're spending our time, not that precious time, not taking care of other people, which is our job as Christian women, right? That's right. So how do we, how do we look at that? Exactly. (laughs) How do we, how do we reconcile that idea of selfishness and how do we, how are we able, you know, there's so many different questions that we could ask about that, but why don't you just dive in and tell us what you think, what you think about the idea of self-care being selfish, or is it something that we actually should be doing as Christians? Well, I, I actually take the opposite approach. And I will tell you, I am the first to admit that I'm really, really bad at taking my own advice. So my approach is that self-care is not selfish. It is sacred. And that may sound a little blasphemous if you're coming from like a hardcore faith-based, avoid all things selfish kind of mentality. And I get that because, you know what, I used to be a pastor's wife and hey, now I am a single mom and I homeschool my kids and I'm an abuse recovery coach and um, self-care is something that far too often in my own life gets relegated to wishful thinking. So, you know, I, I am not coming at this from the perspective of, Hey, I've got this all figured out. I'm doing this perfectly in my own life. I'm here to talk to all the peasants about how you need to take better care of yourself. (laughs) This is not at all my perspective because I struggle with it. And Mm -hmm. when you've been through, um, an abusive environment, an abusive marriage, an abusive home. When you have survived that and you're trying to be all things to all the little people in the house and all your children and take care and provide and protect and all of those things, it can be really, really hard to place a premium on Mm self-care. And um, I am right there in line with everyone else who struggles for it. Um, I think that the majority of women, I'm sure there are those ladies who lunch out there somewhere who are just really good at doing all the self-pampering things, but do they really exist outside of TV shows? I'm not sure because I don't know any of them personally. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> and, and then if you add in not just being a woman, but being a wife or a mother or both or a single mom and being a Christian, like you said in your introduction, Natalie, like, isn't self-care self selfish? So when I started studying more about this, because I realized that I had to take better care of myself. So there, there was a time when I had just recently become a single parent and um, my kids and I were homeless. We uh, had, I had, I had stripped down everything we owned into a small storage unit because I couldn't afford rent on the house that the lease was up for anymore. And um, I had my car and a suitcase apiece per child and myself and a big Tupperware of Legos and dolls and books and stuff for the kids. Mm -hmm. And for almost four months, we just kind of traveled. I put thousands of miles on my vehicle and we went from friend to cousin to grandparent to sibling to friend, trying not to wear out our welcome in any one place for too long. And, um, and I thought honestly that I was doing a pretty bang up job of taking care of myself and keeping it together and figuring things out and volunteering and just keeping my cool. And I lost about 25 pounds and my hair started to fall out Aww. and like fistfuls and clumps of hair. Like, and, um, and I'm not, I, I don't spend a lot of time on myself. Like I'll put a little makeup on if I'm doing a video podcast, like we talked about when we were taping one earlier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and the rest of the time I am totally happy in like yoga pants and a tank top or whatever. Um, I mean, I gussy up for pictures and video stuff and the rest of the time I'm just, I just do not put a ton of effort or maintenance into things. Um, but I really love my hair. And so that was a wake up call for me. Mm -hmm. um, Cause you know, there's some things that can happen to your body or your brain or whatever, and you don't really care. And then there's like that something that you really are, are attached to. And you're like, Hey, no, wait a second. Don't right. take my hair. Right. You can't have my hair. I need to fix this. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point was when I kind of, I, I realized I have to take better care of myself. This is the thing I have to do. And I mean, I'm like the only sane parent my children have got. So what, I have to protect them. And in order to protect them, I have to be here. So like, if I don't take care of myself better than I am, I could get really sick or something could happen. And then what's going to happen to my kids. So honestly, it was still a driving need to protect my children that motivated me to take better care of myself, which I don't think we have to have that need that, that motivation scripturally. I think we should be able to take care of ourselves because we are daughters of God and God wants us to take good care of ourselves. But for me, I'm just being really honest. It was my kids needs needing to be able to take care of my children and protect them that, that drove me to finally be more aware of self-care. And I, I kind of began studying it, but you know, that's when I began realizing that we're, I mean, I, we know this, we're not just collections of cells and DNA, but our body is actually a holy place. I mean, first Corinthians six, 19 to 20 says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You don't belong to yourself. God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Now, interestingly enough, that it comes at the end of a passage that is talking about fleeing sexual sin. So that, 
the whole idea of your body being the temple of the Holy Spirit in many cases might very well apply to the abuser in your life who may or may not have been faithful sexually um, as well, and that they should honor God with their body by remaining sexually faithful. But even though it's, it's a part of that passage about sexual faithfulness, it is also something that I believe is a concept that stands alone for us as women. And that is, first of all, you are a temple. Mm-hmm. The temple is where God lives. And that where God lives is a sacred place. So that means that your physical body and your heart and your mind and your thoughts and your feelings and your actions, those are a home for God's Holy Spirit. And it also means that you don't own yourself. I I mean, yes, okay, you're the boss of your body. And sometimes it takes us a long time to figure that out. But you have a responsibility to make wise decisions because you have control over you in a human sense. But as a follower of Jesus your body is his house. Right. Because he died for us, because he paid the price for our existence, because he's the reason we're sucking air on this planet. Right. Like, I mean, just really, he's the reason we're even alive and sucking air on this planet. So I'm just brass tacks. And, and we and show he, him honor. Yes. One of the ways that we show him honor is by honoring others, but also honoring ourselves. Yes. And because he has made us priceless as his daughters, and we are worth that honor mm-hmm. in his eyes. Yep. And, and it also means we have a choice. So we can, Jesus doesn't force us to do anything. Only Satan forces us to do stuff um, or tricks us or deceives us or pressures us. But that means that because Jesus isn't ever going to force us to honor him with our bodies, it means we have two reasons that it's the best choice to make anyway. And one is because it's the natural response of a thankful, connected heart. And two is because God knows that making healthy choices is actually the best path, best path toward happiness and wholeness for ourselves. So our physical and mental and emotional health is super important to Jesus. And you can't serve others very well when you're burnt out and broken down. Now, as a single parent, and Allie, I don't know what, what ratio of our listeners today are single mamas versus um, maybe mamas who are still living in abusive environments and haven't been able to get out yet or um, anyway, all of those things. Um, as a single mama, though, for me, one of the challenges I have is that it's really hard to get away to do things to prevent being burnt out. Right. That's just super hard. Like in order to be healthy and happy during the day, you need to sleep well at night. But when the kids go to bed, you really, really, really just want to stay up for three hours of silent time. I mean, like I had a friend who sent me a meme uh, yesterday. Hold on a second. I got to read it to you. I got to pull this up because it's, it, I'll, I'll quote it wrong if I'm not careful. Um, it was it just, you know, who doesn't care about personal space? Kids. Kids don't care about personal space. They'd crawl right inside your eyeball if they could. <laughs> I so true. died laughing because a friend of mine sent that to me at 6.35 this morning. And last night I was at my wit's end and I um, sat both of my children down in my room because they wanted to sleep on my floor again. And I really, really love having my own private space in my room. Mm. And um, 
so, you know, there's always this juggling act. And so I sat them both down and now they're, and granted they're eight and nine. They're not two and three or really little. Uh, they're plenty old enough to sleep in their own rooms. And I said, you know what? I, I've been grumpy tonight, kids, and I need to explain something to you. And I explained to them that mommy needs private space, just like they do too. Sometimes, sometimes they want to go to their room and play without having a sibling messing around with them. And I get that. And I help make sure they get that time. And I need their help because it's just the three of us in our house to make sure that I get that time too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they're old enough to understand that. And then my oldest turns to me and he says, but mommy, you don't understand when you are a mother and a child has come out of your body, there is a magnetic tie back to you. And we just want to be wherever you are. That is one precocious child. My oh, word. That's my life, girl. <laughs> um, oh. Yes. And he woke up this morning from his pallet on the floor of my room. Yes. And, and he says, mommy, I just want to, to curl up and read in my natural habitat. And I said, where is your natural habitat? And he says, right here on the floor with this big pile of blankets and all my stuffed animals, which is like 400 of them. And and the fan in my face with a book in your room. That's my natural habitat. And I'm like, you know what? You are just too much for me sometimes. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, and that brings up a really good point that sometimes self-care, it's gonna like what you, I mean, I want you to talk a little bit too about you know, what does that actually look like, practically yes. speaking? Because sometimes it, what that looks like is going to change depending on the circumstances of your life. And the circumstances of your life are ever-changing. You know, the se- yep. you go through different seasons. Mm-hmm. So at some point, you know, so like right now, this at least even just for one night, self-care for you certainly didn't look like you get the night off by yourself. <laughs> nope. So, you know, it'll look what like time? something different. Sometimes self-care means not being on your phone after the kids go to bed, scrolling Facebook mindlessly until 11 p.m. And if you put them down at 7.30, just go to sleep with them. There you go. Yeah. Sometimes self-care means doing whatever it takes to get extra rest, Mm -hmm. even if that means the dishes don't get done. Sometimes self-care means taking a long, hot Epsom bath. And, you know, I'm a really low-tech, low-media mom. But once in a while, a National Geographic nature video is a lifesaver so that mama can go take a long, hot bath. Mm, yep. um, self-care can be making sure that I eat well mm. so that I don't have a compromised immune system and my kids instead of junk food. And I don't mean four course meals and scratch cooking all the time. I just mean extra veggies and skipping the sugar. Mm-hmm. You know, um, self-care can be when I'm feeling down, not watching a TV show, but instead turning on uplifting spiritual music or something encouraging and inspirational mm-hmm. when I feel like vegging out so that the stuff that's going into my mind is transforming how I think instead of letting my brain play out a negative loop. Right. So self-care I think is far broader than manicures and pedicures and massages, although those are lovely. Um, 
but sometimes you don't have the money for that and you don't have the time and you don't have the babysitters and you don't have the friends to go meet up for a cup of coffee and do all the traditional Pinterest worthy self-care kind of things. So I want to talk about that a little bit more, but I also want to point out uh, a little bit later, I mean, but I also want to point out that, you know, Dr. I, I don't know if you know this book, you, maybe you already do. You probably do. You know all the books, but the book, Your Sexually Addicted Spouse by Dr. Barbara Steffens and Marsha Means. Hmm. is absolutely excellent. And it talks about how a woman is more likely to develop long-term health complications during the process of divorce or while living under abuse than at any other time in her life. Women who live with husbands who are cheating, who are addicted to pornography, who are buying sexual services or having affairs are significantly more likely to develop chronic fatigue, insomnia, autoimmune issues, intestinal or digestive problems, and more. And this even happens when the woman doesn't know her husband is cheating. She's wow. living in it and isn't aware of it. So if you have been through any of that, there is a huge capacity in your body for inflammation and for needing to take seriously the post-trauma wellness. So functional wellness. I'm not talking about extraordinary things. I'm talking about functional wellness. So the, and, and, and a big part of that shifts with realizing that taking good care of your body and your mind is a sacred act of worship to God. Yep. And like you said, Natalie, it's going to, it's going to look different at all times. So if you have, if you have five teenagers in the house, it's going to look a whole lot different than if you have a couple of toddlers and a newborn. Um, if you're single and juggling childcare and providing and protecting, it's going to look way different than if you're living in an abusive environment and you don't have the space to breathe yet, but it is not selfish to take good care of yourself. It is sacred. It is holy. It is worship to God. So can self-care become selfish? Oh, totally. You know, pick up some cosmopolitan magazine or whatever, and it's going to give you a list of self-care that sounds self-serving and shallow and expensive and impractical. And uh, you probably don't have time for that. And you probably don't have the money for that. And I don't think that's what Paul was talking about when he said we have an obligation to take care of our bodies. So here um, are alternatives to that self-centered approach. Sacred acts of self-care are not about guilt. It's about permission. Here's a list of permissions. Giving yourself permission to not be everything to everyone. Giving yourself permission to slow down sometimes. Giving yourself permission to just sit and read giving yourself permission to be mom instead of super mom, yeah. giving yourself permission to say, no, thank you. Giving yourself permission to take a nap instead of doing the dishes, giving yourself permission to say yes. When someone offers to help instead of letting pride get in the way and thinking that you don't need it, giving yourself permission to set stronger, healthier boundaries. And here's my favorite. It's a huge one. And that is giving yourself permission to only carry your own suitcase of emotional responsibility instead of carrying someone else's. Oh, yes. That's so important for, especially for women who are living in abusive environments. Yes. Huge. Because you've been conditioned to believe that their emotions are your responsibility. Yep. And that that suitcase has their name tag on it. Don't pick it up. And, and then to get to the point where you don't even feel guilty about not picking it up. Right. 
Right. Because you are at peace that that one is their job. You carry your own baggage and nobody else's. Mm -hmm. Um, So sacred self-care can look like, here's some real practical ones. Prioritizing spiritual interaction so that you can immerse yourself in some time with Jesus. And that might be having a podcast playing in the background while you're cooking dinner. You know, you may not be able to sit down and spend an hour with your Bible, like some really sanctimonious holy persons telling you that you should um, in this season of life. It may mean waking up and playing a Bible reading while you're brushing your hair in the morning. Yeah, I did that. I did that for a long time. I, I, Mm -hmm. when I was out of my separated and, you know, like you, single mom Mm -hmm. in it with lots of kids and really suffering and I just played the Bible on my, on my yep. phone while mm-hmm. I got ready in the morning and just listened to scripture. And, you know, what I got out of it was different than when I used to dive in and, you know, mm-hmm. study it or meditate on it a little bit more. But at that point in time, that, again, we were talking about seasons before, at that point in time, that was yep. really all I could handle. Exactly. You know, there are, a, there's a couple of things that I want to just throw out on this, on this topic. If you are a mama who is, or or an empty nester or someone without kids. You know, I'm just saying mamas because I'm, I'm personally thinking about that, that crazy hectic time when you have kids and you just juggling everything. But if you are a woman who is struggling to prioritize spiritual interaction and you need things where you can like immersion therapy that is gentle and healing, some things that I love are scriptural lullabies. That's one. So there are three albums called Hidden in My Heart, Scripture Lullabies. I and love those. In I fact, I used to sell those. I had a soap business. No way. Yeah, I'm serious. I had a soap business and I would sell those. Those were my quote unquote spa music to have, you know, so get a bar of soap or get some bath salts and listen to these lullabies. Nice. Yeah, I love those. Girl, those kept me sane. Yeah. There was, there was a period for about a year and a half where they were on repeat almost constantly waking moments. Hmm. So kind of taking that idea, one of the things I've done, and I have them on my YouTube channel called um, scripture, like soothing scripture meditations or something like that. Most of the time when we hear the Bible being read or scripture being read, it's always in a male voice, right? Yes. So one of the things I have done as a free resource for women who need that immersion therapy of spiritual interaction is to create, I have half a dozen, six or eight of them, um, scripture readings that are uplifting and encouraging. And I usually adapt them to be in first person, like God speaking to his daughters. So, oh my word, you got to send me a link so I can put that in the show. Absolutely. I'll be happy to do that. So yeah, um, I have a playlist of those on my YouTube channel and I know women who fall asleep to them every night and it's really gentle, original music in the background. Um, and one of them is like 19 minutes long. So it's long enough for you to really fall asleep. And the others are like seven to 12 minutes long. So they're nice devotional links. Um, and the whole point is that one of the things that we do that is destructive to ourselves is that negative, that negative self-talk that loop that plays over and over. I'm so stupid. I can't do it right. I, I, this is never going to change all these things that we tell ourselves. Well, the only way to change that is by telling ourselves what God says. Mm -hmm. And a huge part to me of sacred self-care 
includes replacing that negative mental soundtrack with God's truth about who you are as his daughter. Mm. So the best way to do that is to put scripture in your mind. And, and to sometimes osmosis is just the only way to get about it. You know, just have it playing in the background. Yep. And it'll help your kids too. I mean, because they're suffering like you are. So if you have kids, playing scripture in the background can only be a positive thing for them too. Right. So anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll give you links for that to put in the show notes. Okay. Um, and that's a totally free resource. And every now and then when I get time, I add more to them. Um, so yeah, sacred self-care, other things that can look like getting on the floor and wrestling with your kids just to hear them giggle. Mm. Because there's something so healing about the laughter of children and they will love, love, love wrestling with mama. Mm-hmm. Um, leave the laundry to fold tomorrow and take a hot bath and go to bed early. Um, prioritize what matters most instead of just what's urgent in front of you. Um, keeping your immune system strong when you're going through emotional trauma. Sometimes sacred self-care is just simply eating when you're so stressed that you've lost your appetite and you don't have, you don't feel like eating, drinking a smoothie, something to keep your blood sugar up. Um, and the last two things are being intentional to tell yourself the truth about who you are in Jesus, to silence the lies that your abusers have told you and choosing to purposefully break any internal agreements that you've made with those lies when you start repeating them to yourself so that you're not believing them anymore. But, but really the core principle is that sacred self-care, holy self-care is not about guilt. It's not about, oh, I have to do this for myself. It's about permission. I give myself permission to do this. And so permission to leave the dishes, permission to leave the laundry, permission to take a nap instead of forcing yourself on things. And, and it's really important, I think, to, to start small. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this, but just do little bits at a time. Permission for one thing a day. Um, being aware of your thoughts and making emotional and spiritual wellness a top priority. So that means going to a good counselor, joining a free coaching group, surrounding yourself with supportive peers who get it. Because honestly, if you're surrounded by a bunch of people in your, in your faith community that are blaming you and shifting blame from your abuser to you for what you've been through, that is going to be negatively impacting your self-care. That's right. So finding a a good faith-driven support group that gets it. So um, yeah, when I started learning this, it blew my mind. I have absolutely no pretense of being great and amazing at it, yet it might take me a lifetime. Um, But the idea, you know, that taking care of myself as a woman and a mother was part of being faithful in my worship to God was so important to me. I was so foreign to me that I I felt like it was really important to share with others. And so that's why I started studying it out, because I wanted others to find that freedom too. These have been excellent. It's so funny because, I mean, the self-care is something that I talk about too, but for those of you who are listening, we just came off of a uh, workshop recording for the members in the private flying free membership group. And um, Sarah talked about forgiveness 
And there were so many powerful eye-opening moments for me personally while she was talking. I'm so excited to pass that on to the members of Flying Free. Um, And that group, by the way, will open up again in July for those of you who are listening and wondering what in the world I'm talking about. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. But, But now I feel like I've, you've shared some really, you've shared things in a new way, even for me thinking about self-care as being sacred. I had never really thought about that before, but it's true. That resonates with me. It's so true. I hope that that for sure is a takeaway for most of you that you can walk away knowing that self-care is a sacred responsibility for ourselves. Um, And then also, I think you were going to we were talking before and you were going to talk about a self-care challenge that you have. Can you tell us about that? So one of the things when, when I did a webinar for my audience of survivors and thrivers and victims who become warriors, um, when I, when I did my self-care webinar, one of the things that we did was we developed a 21 day self-care challenge where you get an email for something every day saying, here's your self-care challenge for today. Just this one little thing, just do this one thing to get more and more in the habit. Cause it takes like 21 days to make a habit, right? Right. So the whole idea of shifting your train of thought and for the habit development for 21 days um, to become more comfortable with the idea of doing little things to take better care of yourself in glory to God. So I will give you that link. And when the show is done and um, you can have it there in the show notes. And I would love for any of your women to, who are interested to join us for that 21 day self-care challenge, sacred self-care. And I'm, I'm going to actually be opening that up to your women too. I haven't been running it lately. So I'm going to open that up special for this podcast. That sounds wonderful. And for those of you who haven't, some of you probably already know Sarah McDougall. Um, for those of you who don't, you can go, you can check out more about her on her website. It's Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, McDougall, M-C-D-U-G-A-L.com. She is a powerhouse and she's got tons of great resources and she's definitely someone that you're going to want to follow. She's super smart. She's got experience. She was a pastor's wife, um, now divorced. So she's experienced spiritual abuse, um, sexual abuse and all the, all the stuff. She's experienced everything. (laughs) So she knows what she's talking about and she's done a lot of healing and she's, um, she's an incredible, we were, we were talking in the workshop. She is like a preacher, man. She's <laughs> not man. She's a preacher woman. She is amazing. So um, I hope that you guys, if you haven't heard of her, will check out some of her stuff. And um, I think, I think we're done. Let's yeah. Just join me on that challenge, and I want to I want to know how it helps you. You know, I like hey. So just like like you were saying, if you, if you want to connect on Facebook or website or whatever, and you have, um, something that sparked thoughts from this podcast or the other workshop, you know, um, message me. It it may take me a couple of days, but I will always try to get back to my messages. So I'd love to hear from you if it's, if it's helped you somehow. Fabulous. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. And for the rest of you fly free.